What is going on, lovely people? Thank you for listening to my podcast. Just a quick little clip here before you listen to the latest episode of the Help First podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to follow this podcast. Make sure to tune in on YouTube, like, subscribe, and follow me across all social media platforms. Your support is greatly appreciated, and I look forward to seeing you in the comments. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. How's your morning been? Um, productive. <laughs> it's been it's been good, thank you. Sure. No, tra- no training today. Um, no. It's a rest day, so okay. just using it to get as much work done as possible. <laughs> That's good. You always get up early. Yeah, normally around six a.m. Um, me and my girlfriend go walk the dog, and then come back and then get on the day yeah do you have a like set um routine that you do like every day for like mornings um no i see a lot of stuff of like where people have a special like routine or ritual that they do every morning but to be honest i don't it's just i get up walk the dog come back breakfast coffee and then after that it's just whatever really Mm mm-hmm yeah, I've, it's something that I've um, tried doing. Um, I don't do, like, too much. I normally write down what I've got to do um, on that day in the uh, morning to, like, plan out everything. Um, and then that's about it, it really. Um, but, yeah, I've been I've been trying to sort of go to bed and get up at, like, similar times to try and get myself a little bit organised and that sort of thing because mm. that's one of the things that I'm generally quite bad at is I'll be, like, on my phone. And it's, it's, like, midnight and I'll, <laughs> I'll be up at, at like, so um so yeah definitely trying to uh, get better at that i think the phone thing is a big issue for lots of people lately i'm exactly the same i can like be really tired and be like right i'm gonna go to bed now and then an hour later i'm still on my phone Um, yeah that's the uh, thing with like social media and um instagram or whatever it is um, for people that like run their own businesses, like mm. normally the phone is their like hub, so all the emails come through to it, and if they've got clients, they're like messaging or whatever. So normally, yeah, someone's phone is like their <laughs> business; so they're always on it. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much everything that I do is all managed. Well, either phone or laptop, but pretty much all on the phone. Yeah. Even for like all the PT clients and stuff, all of that's all managed within like a mobile app in one place. Uh-huh. So it is handy, but yeah can be counterproductive sometimes <laughs> yeah this should be um quite good because the previous two guests that i've had i've um known previously so i sort of know a little bit of their like background and how they sort of um come through in terms of like the health and fitness industry and where they started and that sort of thing but um for this obviously we don't really know each other so it's yeah. quite good to <laughs> start from a uh, fresh so I know that you've obviously on your Instagram and stuff, there's a lot about um, how you were previously doing uh, weightlifting, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so how did you sort of get into that and how did it all start for you? Um, how how deep do you want me to go with it? I, I don't want to be like rambling on for... No, 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 no. no go just just go give you like a brief. So I started off lifting weights when I was about about 17 years old. Yeah. Um, before that, I'd done pretty much every sport you could think of. Um, mm-hmm. I was just trying loads of different things and just wanted to try and find what I would like. 
um, yeah. and got to weightlifting and, and that was just the one thing that I stuck with. But to start mm -hmm. off with, it wasn't Olympic weightlifting. Um, it was all more like bodybuilder style training. Okay. I naturally had like a really, really small frame. So yeah. I thought I'm not going to be growing upwards. Um, <laughs> so I thought I'll, um, I'll try and grow outwards instead. So that's when I, I started um, doing more of the bodybuilding style training. Did that for about about three or four years. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I was 20, 21, I started CrossFit. Okay. Um, and that was really my first introduction to like Olympic weightlifting because in CrossFit, obviously they do like everything. Yeah. Um, and then I just found that out of everything, I enjoyed the weightlifting side of it more. So okay. I stopped doing CrossFit, um, got a weightlifting coach, Mm -hmm. just started focusing all my time on that really yeah um and then within the space of a year had my first competition um i won that and then had another one and i won that and then that's when i qualified for the british championships okay um and then when was so this time frame how many how many years ago was it uh this was two years ago okay um, and it all happened within, like, it went from never doing weightlifting to the British Championships within, like, two years. It was a really quick yeah. sort of mm -hmm. process. But I think doing three or four years of weight training beforehand obviously helped. So it wasn't like I was starting yeah. from a complete scratch. But, yeah. yeah, so then I competed there. That was all the way. I'm down south near Reading. Um, that was all the way up in Yorkshire. So it was quite a long drive. Yeah. Um, but managed to secure, secure a bronze medal there. Okay. Um, and then last year around, I was just sort of carrying on. I wasn't really competing after that much. But then last year yeah. I started a business. And then since I started that, just all training went out the window. Diet went okay. out the window. was barely eating. Um, I lost about 10 kilograms in body weight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that's why recently... I don't know if you've seen like the start of my TikTok, but about three months ago, I set myself like a 12 week challenge to get back to my previous body weight. Uh, okay. To basically gain 10 kilograms. And there's mm -hmm. one week, one week left and I've got like a quarter of a kilogram to go. So. Oh, that's good. Almost there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when you were doing all of the um, weightlifting, were you also working during that time as well? Or were you doing like the um, weight, uh, weightlifting like full time? Uh, no, I, I was working all the way through okay. that. Um, what was I doing at that point in time? I think I might have been working as like a business development manager at that time. But okay. more recently, I'm, then I moved into marketing not long after that. Mm -hmm. But I was working, yeah, full time, nine till five. And then yeah. most days I'd train like twice a day and then I'd have one or two full days rest a week. Yeah. Okay. And how was your... Um diet during that time i know obviously like massive thing and people are often very very strict with what they're eating and what they're not eating and when they eat and all that sort of stuff it had to be a lot more strict than what i was used to because yeah. with loads of different like sports when you're competing so like boxing as an example you have to i have to be at a certain weight category so mm -hmm. i had to like weigh in before the competition and if i was over that weight then yeah. i wouldn't be able to compete and if I was too much under that weight, then I just wouldn't have the strength to be able to perform well. So it's yeah. a fairly strict diet about three months prior to the competition just to make sure that my weight was the exact weight I needed it to be, to be under mm -hmm. or well, yeah, under the um, 
the threshold for the the weight class, but also yeah. still maintaining enough muscle mass to perform well. Mm -hmm. And um, how many people were at the British um, competition? How, how many people were like in it? Oh God, loads. Um, I wouldn't be able to say off the top of my head. There was quite a lot of people mm -hmm. there, and there was so many. There were so many different weight classes as well. Some weight yeah. classes had a like loads and loads of people in. I was in quite a popular weight class. Um, it's normally about... around, I was in the 69 category. Since okay. then they've added a couple more categories. Um, but it was my category and then I think it was like the over 100 kilograms was quite a popular yeah. category where they had a lot. But yeah, there was a different amount of people in each one. It wasn't like there's exactly five people in each category or anything. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you, my um... cat is walking around. <laughs> and knocking, you, um, knocking a drink on my laptop. <laughs> you uh, started your um, business last year? Yeah. Okay, and um, talk me through that, like what sort of made you want to do that and that sort of thing. So um, that business is called Calm Recovery, um, basically mm -hmm. a CBD um, online <laughs> retailer and wholesaler. Mm -hmm. um, so not long before I started that, I got approached by a CBD company asking if I wanted to promote their products on my page if they sent me some products for free. Uh, yeah. So I thought, yeah, why not? Um, mm -hmm. At that point in time, I thought that CBD was just a load of rubbish, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't believe all of the hype around it. I thought it was just another like fad sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then after using it, like I was really, really shocked with the benefits that I received from it. And I was What's like, oh, so, so it does actually work. So I thought yeah. rather than promoting it for other people, um, I thought I'd create my own brand, my own product line and, and try and help as many people around the world as I can in the same way it helped me. Mm -hmm. And um, how's that been since you first started? Tough. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's just been a lot of hours. When I first started it, I was working full time. Yeah. Um, while still doing that, while still trying to do my training and my other social media accounts and things, so mm -hmm. there was just a lot going on. Um, which is then why I, basically the training just took a backseat. I was barely eating. Yeah. Um, just my the business was going okay, but my health just was going downwards. Mm -hmm. So just decided to make a change and get back to how I was before. Yeah. Um, since I've been training again, being healthy again, and the diet's been back on point, the business has been doing even better and I've been able to manage everything better. Yeah. So, I think that's a um, common thing. Like when someone first starts, they put all their effort into it, obviously, and they're spending a lot of hours on it and they sort of rank that as the most important thing. And then they start to lose their like, habit don't sleep well or not eating properly or not going to the gym and their stress levels rise and then that actually impacts onto their business so sometimes it's actually better to focus on your health as well and naturally yeah. that can then help your workload and business also yeah absolutely just so much have so much more energy so in the the other yeah. i like have an hour less during the day because i'm training mm -hmm. but the hours that i am working are now 10 times more productive because i've got so much more energy yeah um and when did you first start posting on like social media in, in terms of like Instagram stuff and TikTok as well? I started when it pretty much first like started, but yeah. not the account that I've got now. Um, 
So I've been like on and off it for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, the account that I've got now, I started last year. Yeah. Um, and the TikTok account I started like three months ago. Okay. Yeah, I, I know there's been a, a lot of stuff with um, TikTok about whether it's going to get like banned or uh, whatever. Cause I know, I think they were thinking about doing it in the States, but I'm not sure if that's gone through or not. Um, something to do with their like links to like China or something. <laughs> yeah. He, um, he doesn't seem too keen on China, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it will actually be banned there. They just put like millions and millions of pounds into like a creator's fund. Yeah. So all the creators over there now can basically earn money like directly from TikTok just by posting content. Ah, okay. So I think they were doing that to show like, because it's not been uh, released here yet, not until September. And I oh, think okay. they did it in America first to try and show their like commitment to America. Yeah. Try and get on their yeah. good side. I, I saw that. Um, someone was looking to buy TikTok, maybe like Microsoft or something. Um, yes. And then it'd be like easier for everyone to actually use it. And um, yeah, I think they were sort of looking to try and um, take it over. But yeah, I know that it's a um, platform where it's got a lot of like eyes on it. So any um, video that you put up, you can get a lot of views very, very quickly and easy um, compared to obviously Instagram. Like if you're starting Instagram now, compared to like TikTok, it's much harder to actually grow on Instagram mm. compared to it. Oh, 100%. Well, I started this account on Instagram last year. Yeah. Um, I stopped posting for a few months when I started the business, so I lost like a thousand odd followers, but still I was yeah. still only on like around two and a half thousand. Yeah. Um, and then I started the TikTok account three months ago, and mm -hmm. now it's on like 27,000 followers in three months. So yeah the the difference between the two like the reach and the ability to grow is absolutely massive now in a year's time yeah. it won't be as good as it is now so yeah but then there'll um, probably be some like new um, platform that's like coming out or something else which is then like growing and then you can then obviously build an audience on there but yeah i think it's key to obviously have an audience on a lot of different platforms rather than just one um because if that platform goes say for instance all of your um following was on like tiktok and then suddenly um, tiktok's banned then it puts mm. you in a bad position so being diverse and spread out obviously helps out yeah 100 percent, absolutely and some people just don't use tiktok so if i was yeah. doing tiktok then there's a group of people that i would never be able to reach mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah it's and definitely important to diversify on the platforms that you're using yeah definitely and what sort of um, content are you putting out on uh, TikTok? Is it all like business stuff or personal life, training, is it mixture? Um, very similar to my Instagram, really. It's all <laughs> primarily educational, fitness-based content. Yeah. Um, all it's nothing like really, really, really in-depth and technical. I just try yeah. and keep it really simple and basic <laughs> so everyone can understand the basics and the fundamentals. Yeah. Um, and that's the feedback that I've got back. People seem to think that it's easy to understand. Um, they seem to be learning from it, which is good. Yeah, so I, think, I think that's quite a big thing, especially in the health and fitness industry. Is that because people have spent so long learning, like all of the like technical terms and that sort of stuff, and they then make content or are actually speaking to, to people, they then start to use too much like technical jargon. 
yeah. and then I'm sure people don't really understand what's going on. So if you can make it nice and simple to understand, then obviously it's going to help a lot more people and make it even um, for them to actually get some good value from it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then going back to your um, CBD as well, you uh, said that obviously you saw lots of benefit um, from, um, from it. What sort of changes did you see? What sort of benefits? Well, at the time I was suffering quite a lot from stress and anxiety, and that was definitely yeah. the biggest thing that I saw an improvement in. Um, yeah. And just the ability to like be able to fall asleep easier at night. Um, mm -hmm. I found that I was just laying there for hours on end some nights, just struggling yeah. to get to sleep. Um, and since mm -hmm. using CBD, I saw a huge improvement in that. Yeah. Um, and just my overall general like recovery from workouts, it, it really helps with things like muscle pain, inflama uh, inflammation, joint pain, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, because the first time I used it was either 2014 or 2015 so like right at the start of when it was starting to like break through i guess um and i was um, working somewhere and the person that owned it was from um canada and he brought it from over there and then brought it over and we were using it um i was working in a um, injury practice with i'm using it for like yeah muscle pain and joint pain and that sort of thing um and yeah everyone saw a like really big change with it um, and then I've seen that it's obviously grown much larger. There's a lot more companies doing it, a lot more different products now. So um, I've seen like uh, CBD in like creams, like joint creams and pain creams. Yeah, um, yeah lots of The cat's back. <laughs> jumped across the front. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's an industry that's uh, grown grown loads, um, and I think it's quite uh, difficult in the uh, medical industry for, for a um, product to actually like come through as well mm -hmm. so the fact that it's um, come through and then sort of stayed is quite a big thing yeah and i think it's only going to grow to be honest um yeah. just where it's grown so quickly there's just a lot of dodgy companies now within that so like holland yeah. and barrett there was a big thing in the news where um one of their like largest um not largest like highest or most selling products um yeah. had like over over the amount of um what is THC. it yeah thc so yeah. i think it's got to have like 0.002 percent and it had like yeah. three times the amount of the legal yeah. limit so um there's lots more like testing and stuff that's going on especially now in retail stores and things like that um, yeah. all of my products are all lab tested all the certificates okay. are available on the products on the website yeah. so just got to make sure that you're getting it from a reliable source and it is actually what they say. Yeah, well, the same as uh, most things, obviously there's going to be a lot of difference in um, quality of the actual product as well. Yeah. You can buy some like, really like, cheap stuff, so it's not going to be as good as buying a like, good quality product. Um, so yeah, I think that's the uh, case, no, no matter what really, no matter what industry and what you're sort of doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, what sort of um, strengths are you saying? selling as well so on the cbd oil it's just a 500 milligram strength okay. um so the cbd hot chocolate and coffee come Lucky. in uh it's, it's basically pretty much everything's like 10 milligrams per serving yeah um so the hot chocolate and the coffee and the cbd gummies are all 10 milligrams per serving okay 
And um, how often are you um, having it? Every day? Yeah, yeah, every day. Um, mm -hmm. I change between the, the products. Some days I have the coffee, some days I have the oil, some yeah. days the hot chocolate, but I normally aim to have around 30 milligrams a day. Okay. Yeah, the one which I used to take, I think it was a spray. You had to like spray it underneath your um, tongue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I used to do that twice every day normally. Uh, but I haven't had some in a little while. Um, but yeah, for me personally, the biggest thing I noticed was sleep. Sleep got like so much better. Um, mm. I found that I slept all the way through as well. Like normally I'd like wake up once or like twice, but yeah, um, you know, I'd go to bed at 10 and wake up at six and it'd be like all the way through and perfect. And then obviously that then had a big um, knock-on effect onto my day because I was sleeping better. So I had more energy and able to be um, doing more things and not get yeah. as tired. Yeah, I saw a yeah, big change. Sleep really does have a massive impact on everything, to be honest. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't give like sleep enough attention. Um, mm -hmm. But like, if you really do focus on getting a good amount of quality sleep, just yeah just the whole day in general can can really be improved i found anyway yeah, yeah. there's a, a really good book by guy i think his name is matthew walker i can't remember what the uh, book's called he's also done a podcast with joe rogan um, yeah and he spends like two two and a half hours literally like going through his book and talking about sleep and how it's linked to a lot of different health problems and all of the mm. research really good watch um so if you if you haven't seen it's it interesting then, yeah well, i'll, I'll take a look at that um and yeah there's uh, lots of things about sleep and how it's linked to a lot more like serious health issues like cancers heart mm -hmm. problems um brain issues so yeah it's really really interesting and if you think with regards to like the training when you're sleeping is when you're building and you're recovering and you're growing mm -hmm. uh, yeah. especially for any sort of sports getting a decent amount of sleep is key mm -hmm. yeah um it's something that i sort of try and focus on now and i i try and i guess organize my uh, day based on like when i go to bed and when i i then get up um and yeah i find that if i um, don't sleep well then everything goes downhill <laughs> in terms of like mood and uh, work and exercise and then if i sleep well then my day is normally much much better absolutely oh um, <laughs> I should have shut them out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's I going to say? Uh, where do you see the um, business going for you in terms of the CBD? Like, where do you like want it to uh, go? There's a few different routes that I want to take it, but ultimately, at the moment, what I'm really trying to push is more of the wholesale side of it. Okay. Um, so there's there's two areas that I'm doing. So we're doing white label at the moment. So. Any new yeah. CBD brands that are just getting started, we can offer them their own branded products, like a low yeah. minute order quantity. So that's one area that I'm pushing. Um, mm -hmm. And the other side of it is partnering with numerous gyms throughout the UK. So now, now partnered with three local gyms um, who are basically reselling our products. Okay, that's good. Because we're targeted at like the health and fitness industry. So yeah. The idea is to expand that out through more gyms nationwide, ideally with some of the larger chains. At the moment, it's just with independent gyms. Yeah. Um, and then further, further down the line, um, would like to have some sort of testing facility for the okay. CBD products as well. Because mm -hmm. um, I think that's important because 
there's millions and millions and millions going into testing of the products at the moment and yeah i would like to be somehow involved within that <laughs> have you have you thought about doing um influencer um, marketing like giving your like products out to like people and then getting them to then like try it and then advertise it on their like channels and stuff yeah i've done that with um quite a few different influencers okay. once, uh, a couple of professional boxers okay um, one of them's actually competing tomorrow um, in a massive, it's a really big fight for him, to be honest. He's on B, uh, BT Sport. Okay. Cool. Um, he's from Bracknell. His name's Luther Clay. So um, I think that, it's put... the um, white, white fight. The, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so he's on the, the same card as that. Oh, cool. So fingers crossed. I think <clears throat> he's got the WBO World Featherweight title. Mm -hmm. uh, or no global featherweight title I think yeah so it's a fight to basically retain his belt oh cool and um, is there is there any other um, sports that you sort of want the um, product to like go into have you like tried going into like any other like areas like not just boxing but other other sports um, definitely more of like the bodybuilding and weightlifting side of things I haven't done yeah. a huge amount on that yet with regards to sponsored athletes but now i myself am getting back into that sort of training and industry mm -hmm. yeah i'm going to be trying to surround myself with a lot more people within that um and and just see really where it goes hopefully be um exhibiting at the body power expo next year okay. well. yeah. um i think that'd be a really good way to just I find like expos and things like that are really good because you get to meet the customers literally in person rather than just yeah. online and then rather than just like an influencer posting about it. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. You sort of know that everyone there is going to have an interest in it as well. So yeah. the audience is obviously um, targeted to products like yours. Yeah. So it's like you're sort of going in like cold and doing like cold selling. They're obviously there wanting to like find things to obviously help their, their health and help their um, training. So it's a sort of perfect place, really. Yeah, absolutely. That's the uh, that's the plan, anyway. <laughs> and uh, do they do it in um, protein powders and like bars as well? Um, there's a couple that do it in protein powders. That's actually the next product that we're releasing. Not um, not a protein bar, but protein yeah. powder. Yeah. Um, hopefully, within about if I can get all of the the designs and everything all sorted for the packaging, hopefully within about mm -hmm. a month or so. Um, okay. Good. Whilst I'm thinking, obviously, if you're aiming for people in, like, the weightlifting industry having products which they're going to use, so, like, obviously, they're going to be using, like, protein powders or whatever, um, yeah. we could then link that and then have a product which you can then sell to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also, me and um, a friend are starting a, like, a fitness clothing brand too, which should be okay. ready to go within the next few weeks or so but we're planning to open up like a supplement range within that. So yeah. probably probably add some sort of CBD element into those supplements too. But whether okay. I do it under the Calm Recovery brand or not, I don't know, but yeah. see how it goes. And is that going to be active wear or gym wear or combination? Uh, it's going to be a mixture of, mixture of them all really. Um, yeah. So we're going to be doing, the company's called Attain Aesthetics. So... Okay. We're going to have like an aesthetics range, which is more of like the Gymshark sort of clothing. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to have like 
more motivational t-shirts with quotes and things like that mm-hmm. um and then gonna have like sports specific t-shirts okay if that makes sense but like for powerlifting weightlifting yeah that sort of thing um, i know the guy that owns gymshark uh what's his name? ben he yeah. um on his uh youtube channel he has like quite a few good uh, videos with like in, in terms of like how he started and how he like grew things from his like house and then a like small warehouse and stuff. So that's quite a yeah, good one to actually watch mm. just to see, like how he's how he's done it. And I think recently they just became a million pound company as well, or a billion pound, billion pound, yeah, billion. Um, crazy, like crazy. And I think they've won it a few times, but it's like UK's uh, fastest growing um, company as well. It's just like mental. <laughs> they've grown. Um... 200% year on year since they started which is absolutely nuts <laughs> <laughs> crazy Fair uh, play to them. yeah uh, my company in, in the first year did like I think it was like 30% and we were like loving that <laughs> yeah when you yeah when you see like 200% it's just ridiculous <laughs> so what is it you, your company does exactly um, so yeah, I'll do a little background story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, was, I was fairly similar. So like teenage years, playing lots of school, I was very good at football. Um, and my goal then was to play football at a um, high level pro. Um, and got to the age of about 15, 16, had a few injuries. Uh, my interest in it sort of went, went down a um, little bit. Yeah. Um, and... I was like, okay, I still want to sort of be in like sport and health. Um, and I was getting a fair bit of treatment from like physios and that sort of thing at that time. So I was like, okay, I'll go to um, uni and study, become a um, physio. Uh, so yeah, went and did that, studied in um, London. Uh, yeah. I was there three years um, when I graduate, 2014, graduated. Uh, I then worked somewhere for three years. They were a um back pain place everyone was had like back issues and disc problems that sort of thing yeah um worked there for three years gained some experience and then one of the guys that, that i worked with we had a chat and we were like we're pretty much doing everything here anyway why don't we then just sort of separate off and start our own practice yeah uh which we started in 2017 in august and that's in um Covent garden so like central london um and it, yeah, then um, since then we've obviously grown it. We've, we've now got someone working for us. Um, and the second thing that I'm doing is, I would say it's a business, but I'm not really looking to like make um, money out of it. Uh, one thing that I noticed is that in the health and fitness industry is that, say for instance, me and you were in the same field, we wouldn't really help each other in terms of like advice or like tips because there's, there's always that thing of, oh, they might steal my like clients or they might take my like business. I'm going to be yeah. quite like secretive and keep all of my like tips and tricks to myself. Um, whereas I want to create, I guess a group of people in that, in that, in that industry that are willing to like just help. Um, so, you know, sharing tips back and forth, helping each other's business grow, because I think that if you do that, then obviously the standard of care goes up which yeah. means that the person that's injured or whatever um, is then going to get a better level of care. So I think it just sort of makes sense, really. That sounds good. 
So yeah, that's something which I'm doing now. And I did start off with the aim of like trying to make it to something that was like making money and like income. But then I was like, there's no real point doing it. And um, I think if you focus too much on the, on the money when you first start, it, it isn't the sort of right way to actually start. It's better yeah. to obviously focus on organizing it, getting it going, um, focus on helping people. And then if it then turns into something which I can then make money from, you know, one year, two years, three years down the end line, then maybe do it, but don't have that focus instantly. No, absolutely. The money will come um, more than likely at some point. As, as long as I think the most important thing is, regardless of the money, is, is that you enjoy doing it. And the fact that if you're willing to yeah. do something without getting paid for it, then I think it's always the right thing to do because you're clearly yeah. committed to doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just something that I'd um, noticed, you know, working in, like, different places, that it was often quite a sort of closed industry. Like, if, if, yeah. if I, I worked somewhere, I wouldn't talk with the people that work somewhere else because I didn't want to tell them what, what we were doing or what our prices are or yeah. how many people we're seeing and that sort of thing because it might impact onto us. So it was always quite a secretive thing. If you think about, like, all of the content that I'm putting out, yeah. that I do online... Um, like diet training plans coaching technically yeah. all, all of the, the content that i'm putting out would be putting me out of a job because yeah. everything that i'm saying is, is teaching everyone else how to do it themselves without needing a personal trainer things yeah. to do with like the diet what sort of training you should be doing how how many reps should be doing per set and it's yeah so basically telling every every everyone that what they need to do for free um yeah. and then obviously if if they want want me to help them with it in more detail then great but if not then i've helped them and that's not a problem yeah yeah that's something which um i think you can really see from people that are doing it for the right reasons is pretty much all of their content is going to be similar to what they'll be offering in terms of a like paid service and they're just giving it out because they just like doing it and and uh, like helping people and there's no sort of like catch that and they aren't trying to like put you into like some sort of funnel and trying to get you to like buy things no. it's just giving you like good good tips and things to actually help absolutely and uh one thing which we haven't obviously talked about is um covid and how it's impact onto like business and that sort of thing so um how did it sort of impact onto you did it obviously with a i guess like online sales and stuff that must have had a good impact right yeah, um, I think with regards to online sales, I definitely have seen an improvement, but I don't know if that's because, so I, I was made redundant not long ago from, because I was working as a marketing manager okay. at a company, and then yeah. I was, while still doing everything else full time, <laughs> in my yeah. spare time, um, um, so I was made redundant there, so since then, I've been able to just put so much time into my online coaching for clients so that's like grown massively literally yeah. the last few weeks um same with the cbd business i've been able to put so much more time into that so that's grown so mm-hmm. now i don't think i'm going to be have to go back to working full-time um i okay. should be able to just stay focused on this which is actually really positive so being made redundant was technically the best thing that could have happened because yeah i've been yeah, able to yeah, focus so much more time on the stuff that i enjoy yeah, it is, it is um, strange how, how things can actually work out well. Um, you know, obviously, during that time, it can be quite stressful, like, losing your, like, job, and you, and you, you don't know, like, if you're, you're going to have enough money, like, coming in from wherever. Um, but, yeah, 
Sometimes my girlfriend was worrying. We'd literally just got a mortgage on a house, and then she's like, like, "Oh my god, now you made redundant." And I was like, "No, this is a good thing. Honestly, it'd be fine." Um, and then, yeah, seems to be going. Things seem to be going much better. And uh, were you um, both working from home as well during that time? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much the whole, maybe like the first three months, we were just completely both at home. And then she worked as a probation officer. Okay. So she's sort of like in the courts and things like that sometimes. Yeah. So she's had to go in like once or twice every other week. But now mm -hmm. she's back there pretty much full time. She's only at her home one day a week. Okay. And uh, how um, was it with you like both at home, like working and stuff? Is it okay with a few arguments like being... <laughs> um, being so like, surprisingly, like, like <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I actually thought there was going to be, but it was actually all right. Um, yeah, I was just busy. Or like, that's the, the issue is we were at home constantly, but yeah, still barely spent any time with each other because like work. We would literally, yeah, get up six a.m., walk the dog together, and then I would just be working nonstop. Have like yeah. an hour's free in the evening just to watch TV and eat dinner, and then yeah. back to work. And she goes back to bed. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, so yeah. it's weird that we spent so much time together, but not together. Yeah, I know that from, from like speaking to like friends and stuff, the first like few weeks with like being at home with either like parents or girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever, um, there is a like few, I guess, like teething problems, I guess, with everyone yeah. being like, I'm each other's, like feet and stuff. But I think you sort of get used to it and. I think in like some industries, people that have been working from home may just stay working from home or they may you know, work from home like two, three days and then go into the office or whatever, like once, twice per like week. So it may have some like positive impacts on, you know, the amount of cars on the road and traffic and that sort of thing. It could all end up, end up well. Hopefully. Well, I think it's Twitter now. They've said like all of their employees are just working from home. That's it. Like, yeah. Or I think they've given them the choice. They can come in if they want to, but everyone can stay at home if they want. I mean, as long as the standard of like the service stays the same and work gets done, then I don't really see the issue behind it. No, absolutely. And the reason why companies are letting people stay at home is because they've actually seen a massive increase in productivity. And if yeah. people are being more productive and they're happier because they're working where they want to, and it's a win-win for everyone. And the companies don't have to spend as much on office space and things like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They can obviously save a lot of money. I know obviously there have been a little bit of an upfront cost, maybe like get everyone's like laptop sorted and that sort of thing. Um, just to, someone put France is not doing well, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is true. Um, I know that in uh, France, they've just uh, made you have to quarantine don't you when you come back for like two weeks from there. Yeah. Um, Same with Spain, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the um, case in the um, few different places. Um, how's Britain? Uh, I would say we're doing okay. Probably not, like, fully back to, like, normal, but things are, like, gradually getting there. Well, I think um, we're doing better than America. But... Well, I think most people are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're but, yeah, yeah, not doing the worst. Yeah, I, I don't think we... We're, I'm doing um, too badly now. I know, obviously, we, we had our, like, peak, and was it, like, April, May time, where it was, like, really bad. Um, 
but yeah, since then it's been it's been better. They're saying that they're putting down loads of like like ev pretty much everyone that dies now, they're just saying that it's down to COVID nineteen even if it's not. Have you heard yeah. stuff about that? Yeah, I saw that they had to change their like figures, um, because there's people that were dying of like yeah, other issues. Mm -hmm. Um I think when they went back and rechecked it, there was like five thousand less deaths. Um just because they had died of, you know, natural yeah. causes or they they had other health issues prior to actually catching COVID. Um, but I believe, well, there's two different, like, realms of thought on it. One is that it's just error, like, people just making mistakes, they're, like, stressed out, whatever. But also, I was reading that uh, hospitals get more, like, funding if they have more uh, patients that have COVID. Um, oh, right. So sort of, like, cynical view of it, that they're perfectly, <laughs> did, um, messing with the... Uh, figures to like try and get more funding. See, that makes sense, because I, I, I couldn't understand why we would possibly want to make our figures wor look worse. Yeah. If anything, it would be like trying to make us seem like better, if anything, not, not making us seem like we're worse, but now that makes sense, yeah. that's probably is why. Yeah. It's obviously difficult to know what's true and what's uh, not true, because you only really know from like reading articles or uh, reading in the media, that sort of thing. Um, Person put, I mean, France didn't I think that's um, one thing that people also uh, don't realize is that when people are like locked in their homes as well, it has a impact onto other things like mental health as well. Um, so I think that's one thing that sort of gets skipped over a little bit. Everyone mm. is focused on COVID, but not the impacts of being like isolated. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially like obviously the people that are like isolated on their own and things like that, then it's. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know if there's any figures, but I can imagine that that would be, yeah, 10 times worse now just from, from people being isolated and stuck at home because it makes a huge, huge difference just by, like, to your mental health, being able to socialise and things like that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, sure, yeah I'm not sure on the um, stats, but I, I know that um, suicide rates have gone up since COVID started. Yeah. Um, and that's something which obviously gets brushed under the uh, carpet a little bit. Everything in the media and papers is just like constant COVID. Um, so yeah, I think a little bit of understanding of also how it has been isolated, especially for like elderly people as well. Um, you know, a lot of their um, interaction comes from them you know, going out to the shops or yeah. whatever it is. For them, like losing all of that is a big issue, obviously. No, I can imagine. But at least it's slightly more relaxed now, so. Have you um, been out to any, like, pubs or restaurants or anything? Um, no, I haven't been to any restaurants. My friend um, works at a pub, and I, I didn't actually go in the pub, but I popped there just to say hello, because yeah. I hadn't seen him for ages. But, yeah, I haven't actually. Oh, actually, no. I went to one pub garden a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. With the dog. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's about it. I haven't really done anything. I don't really do much anyway, to be honest, other than yeah. go to the gym, work and sleep. Yeah. And I mean, it is very difficult when you've got a lot of different things going on to like manage time. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Yeah. I know that obviously you were saying about growing the um, CBD company. Do you also obviously want to grow the online coaching and that sort of thing as well? 
yeah absolutely that's i wouldn't say it either has like a, a main focus at the moment i'm trying yeah. to just focus best i can on both mm -hmm. um but i am definitely definitely going to be pushing that i'm i'm doing my um optimum performance training course with nasm at the moment to yeah. hopefully be able to coach like professional athletes as well okay cool um i want to try and be able to cover anyone from literally just beginners all the way through to professional athletes so yeah hopefully when that's done um I can start working with some professional athletes ideally i'm gonna I'm that be mainly in like weightlifting and that sort of thing or would you like branch out um it would probably be a mixture between yeah weightlifting bodybuilding and boxing i think would mm -hmm. be the three main main ones okay um did you used to uh, box i did uh last year before i started okay. the business and then because i was working every single week uh, evening and weekend I couldn't make yeah. the evening classes for boxing because they're at like set times. So okay. I had to stop boxing, but I did that for like, it wasn't that long, like seven or eight months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's good fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've always found that it's just really good for like fitness as well. Even if you aren't like very good at it, just doing it in a, in a terms of like keeping fit and staying healthy. Um, I always find that, yeah, just boxing or yeah kickboxing wrestling like this person's <laughs> is uh good just to keep healthy really 100 percent. no i saw it just happens well i personally saw a difference really really quick in my fitness yeah especially just doing the, the boxing like but you don't realize i know everyone says it but like two minutes sparring in a boxing ring is like so so hard it's, it's just yeah. sounds like two minutes of exercise which seems like nothing and you'll be surprised yeah. how even just on a, on a bag like two minutes non-stop on the punching bag is so so tiring um well, yeah. when you're not conditioned to it obviously but so it was quite a shock when i first started after coming out from weightlifting doing no cardio <laughs> to doing that but yeah fitness went to, up quick. yeah i used to uh mix martial arts and they used to do um, when you were sort of like average level, you used to do back-to-back uh, -back, um, two-minute rounds. So you would like spar with someone for like two minutes. They would go out and the yeah, next person would, would like come in. Oh, and you would like, uh, face like three, four um, people. And then by like, the like second, third one, you're just completely gone. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, so, that's a like, really good way to like build a fitness. And you didn't realise like in... Um, mixed martial arts as well like say someone's got you like pinned down to the floor you're having to like try and push someone's weight off you um yeah, yeah you just get tired like super quick <laughs> well well trying to stay as calm as possible and relaxed because it's yeah. when you start to get all like flustered and panicking and all that sort of stuff you just get it just drains you even more yeah that's what happens when you first start if you don't really work on your like breathing so you're just like yeah. panting loads and um, yeah, you just lose like focus and um, control. You have to <laughs> learn how to like breathe and stay calm when someone's like mounted you and trying to <laughs> trying to like do some damage. It can be quite. <laughs> I think it, it's quite good and could even like transition into other things in life when you're dealing with like high pressure, high stress situations yeah. and environments. Being able to take a step back and 
and breathe for a couple of seconds and then mm -hmm. make a more informed decision is, is quite useful in the sport yeah, and in general life. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed is um, I've just started doing um, driving lessons and uh, I um, didn't um, learn for ages because I was in um, London, so I didn't really need to like drive. I've just started now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I found that um, at the start, obviously, much more like, panicky, but then I was like, I mean, it's just like, relax, calm down, just <laughs> like focus. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, since then, it's been, yeah, so much better. <laughs> Were you were you practicing in like the middle of London? No, I, I live in um, Southampton. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, just been practicing around here. Oh, that's not bad then. So yeah, a little bit better. Probably wouldn't have uh, learned if if I was still back in um, London because yeah, just <laughs> crazy, crazy like traffic and like roads and buses. <laughs> that's and what I was thinking. I was going to say that'd be <laughs> horrible, horrible yeah. time around there. So it's been it's been better back here. Um, but yeah, definitely like staying like calm and relaxed and not getting too stressed out has definitely helped with that mm. also. Yeah. Um, how have you find going to the uh, gym in terms of like training and stuff with like COVID? Um, were you like training from home when obviously gyms were like closed and that sort of thing? Yeah, so for the first like couple of months, yeah, um, I was just doing just standard body weight stuff and I didn't have any equipment at home at that time. Um, mm. So that was all just body weight circuits, which I found really boring. Yeah. <laughs> but my girlfriend's sister moved into a flat and she had like an Olympic barbell, um, the weight plates, a squat rack and all these other bits. So yeah. because she's in a flat, she obviously wouldn't be able to use the equipment. So she put it all in our garage and said, can I leave it here if you, but you can use it whenever you want. So yeah. for the last, yeah, for the last, say like two months before the gyms opened, um, I was able to use that. And then now the gym's <laughs> open, I'm back at proper gym and it's been, well, it's been better than ever there because there's literally like, with the t I think it might just be the times that I'm going, but there's yeah. like never anyone there. There's like two or three people in the gym. Yeah. So I, it's like having a whole gym to yourself. So quite good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, obviously, I think that they're only um, allowed to let in a certain amount of people. Um, so I think that's yeah. better for like cleaning and stuff. Um, how have you uh, um, found it in terms of like having to like clean everything afterwards and that sort of thing? Um, yeah, that's it's not really a problem, to be fair. Um, yeah, we have there's like... I don't know what they're called, cloths, like a cloth. So yeah. when we walk in, you just pick up a cloth and then at each piece of equipment around the whole gym, there's like a squirty disinfectant bo uh, bottle. So yeah. yeah, just spray it down after I use it. To be honest, I think they should have had stuff like that. Maybe not as extreme, but stuff like that in place anyway, mm. just for general like hygiene in gyms and things like that. But obviously yeah. now it's a lot more strict, but... Um, yeah, I think that's the aim of making a positive change is that people will just naturally be a bit more like conscious now moving forwards. Like, yeah, honestly, like, if we get a like uh, vaccine and, and, and this thing goes, I think even still after that, people will naturally be like more wary of you know washing their hands and um, you know after like training, like washing things or whether they're going on like public transport and mm. their hands afterwards and that sort of thing. So that could be one good positive change afterwards.
well by then i think it'll it would just be like a habit more than anything yeah people would just be so used to doing it after doing it for months and months and months that yeah they're mm -hmm. more likely just to continue in that that way yeah um do you think you'll you'll, you'll ever go back to the uh weightlifting in terms of like competing and that sort of thing See, I'm at like a bit of a crossroads with all of that now. Um, yeah. So when I started back training again, it was just a matter of I want to get back to my previous body weight. That was like first goal. And yeah. So I've almost done that now. And now it's I'm stuck between whether I want to go back to Olympic weightlifting or go for like a men's physique competition. Okay. Or um, powerlifting. Yeah. I don't know what. One I want to go down at the moment. At the moment, I'm literally doing a mix. Like my training is a mixture of everything. So I'm doing still doing Olympic lifting at the gym. I'm yeah. doing more bodybuilding workouts and more powerlifting style workouts, like heavy compounds and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing what I enjoy. Um, I feel like if I ended up just focusing on one thing, obviously I'd have to stop doing the others, and it would just be purely on that. Yeah. So I just don't know what one I want to focus on yet. Um, I'm leaning more towards the physique stuff because it's just not something that I've done before. Okay. I, I competed in CrossFit and I competed in the Olympic weightlifting. Um, so powerlifting that would be, be too different. Yeah, and that'd be more focused on like how you like look in terms of like how like lean you are and um, yeah, more of a like visual competition, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've had quite a few um, clients that have done that previously, and uh, a lot of them do like quite a big cut. Um, so, like prior to the um, competition, they're like cut downloads. Um, and there's this one girl that her normal um, calorie intake was something like 2,000, 2,500, and then she like cut down like, all the way down to like 1,200, and then a little bit less, like lean, like right out. Um, and yeah, in the, the space of like two months, her body like completely changed. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> that is so, that, like that amount of calories. I had that, well, for breakfast pretty much this morning. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be able to survive on that. That Yeah, that amount of calories is crazy. Yeah. That, well, I, wonder, I, remember, I can't remember how long she was on it for. It was only a like short space of time, yeah. like right, right towards the end. Um it was probably yeah. like right at the end because if you were to like jump it down that much, she would have lost loads of muscle mass as well. Yeah, I think, can't remember how long it was. Like maybe a like week or something. Mm. Or something. Um, and then she was saying something about on on the day about like water intake or or, or the day before, and then like <laughs> sugar intake. Like she was doing like loads of like technical things to like try and look as good as as possible. <laughs> yeah, they literally um, they did completely dehydrate themselves, so they'll. Yeah basically drink like absolutely nothing um yeah. leading up to it um to be as dehydrated and as lean as possible because to get rid of like any water that's between the skin and the muscle so everything just goes really tight mm -hmm. um and then they'll eat loads of carbs then to make the muscles appear full yeah yeah but i try and do what i'm part of the goal was when i was gaining that 10 kilograms was to still be lean at the end of it rather than okay. just gaining 10 kilograms of fat. So yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like, if I was competing, I, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I have to do a massive cut. The idea yeah. would, I'd be always be, I don't know, say like six, six to 10 weeks out from 
competition ready so i don't mm. have to do a massive cut and ideally be fairly lean all year round yeah okay that uh, also means that if you're, you're going to be doing that you'll have to get the um spray tans as well then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got no spray tans yeah literally bright orange yeah, I've, I've like seen like lots of like photos of like people doing and stuff, and the tans are like the worst part of it. It looks so stupid. <laughs> like when you're in normal light, it looks ridiculous. But like when you're on stage, it actually looks all right. It doesn't look as bad. Yeah, it's, you have to do it because of all the the lights and things like that. You have to do it to see all of the yeah all the muscles and things like that. Yeah, it isn't it isn't um, something that I've ever really thought of doing. Like I um, train and like go to the um, gym and stay healthy, but I don't really do it for any sort of like goal in terms of competition or whatever. It's mainly just for like health reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is um, sometimes good to have something to like aim for, like a competition or um, like you had a like um, weight goal in terms of putting yeah. that weight like back on and that sort of thing. So I think it is always good to have like some sort of target or goal to actually force you to like aim for something oh yeah absolutely it definitely helps to stay committed and motivated and things like that if if i didn't like set that goal of gaining that weight i wouldn't have like a clear direction of where i wanted to go with it and i feel like mm -hmm. it would have been very up and down don't know what i'm doing sort of where i am now where i've almost done it and i'm like oh i don't know what i want to do so i yeah. need to decide on wh which one i want to go ahead with and then right mm -hmm. the end goal would be competing at this competition in like say two years time or whatever and then work mm. out all of the small steps that i need to take in order to get there and break that big goal down into lots yeah. of like i don't know like a monthly goal then a weekly goal then a daily goal um mm -hmm. and that's what i tend to do with everything yeah it's, it's a, a good way of organizing things and having yeah different lengths of targets and goals to actually focus on um and i mean it will also help your um coaching as well if mm. you're going to be uh, coaching athletes that may be going for like competitions yeah the fact that you've been there and like done it as well gives you that experience of being able to know how they feel in certain situations and what to do and what not to do and all that sort of thing as well yeah 100 percent. and i think with the the goals splitting up into like smaller ones if, if i if my only goal was to like say compete in a bodybuilding competition in two or three years time yeah like i wouldn't feel like i've had any success in like two or three years until i get there but if i set mm -hmm. like monthly goals to gain a certain mm -hmm. amount of weight or a certain uh lift like i don't know say bench press a certain amount of weight yeah. and i'm celebrating all of these small wins along the way it makes the journey much more fulfilling rather than mm -hmm. just one massive goal like miles away I, yeah it's hard to explain but i feel like I find the journey more enjoyable that way, being able to celebrate the small 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 way, being able to celebrate the 
smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate the smoy being able to celebrate